this uh, mini-series, if you will, this morning uh, on freedom. And Pastor T actually led it so, uh, so boldly this morning. And Pastor T, I actually just want to take a second to honor you. Uh, for those of you who don't know Pastor Teresa, she's one of our exec pastors at church. Um, but Pastor Teresa, I'm just so thankful uh, for your prayer and the prophetic gift that you bless this church with. And not just you yourself, but you empower others and you equip others and you train others in the realm of the prophetic. And for those of you who don't know, Pastor Teresa also coaches most of our preachers. So she has helped me be a better preacher. Um, and she, she, she paves the way. She's full of joy. She's full of faith. But she genuinely seeks after God. I love being here at Revival Prayer when she leads Revival Prayer and just seeing how she leans in and leads from the front by example, someone who's passionately seeking after God. So can we just honor Pastor Teresa real quick? Let's go. We love you, Pastor Teresa. So good. Alrighty. I'm passionate about freedom, people. I'm excited about this because I believe, I truly believe that Christians should be and can be the freest people on planet earth. I believe it. I am completely and totally convinced of it. And in fact, Jesus came that you and I would receive true and lasting freedom. In fact, Jesus said of himself, he was quoting a prophecy from Isaiah in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, and he said this about himself. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Come on, somebody, that's good news. I'm pumped about that. Jesus was sent from heaven to earth so that you and I may be truly free. Now, we live in a pretty blessed country of Australia where Physically, we're not experiencing slavery as sorts. We're not under a, a dictatorial leader, um, regardless of your opinion. And, uh, and we, are, we are actually quite free as a nation. And so the idea of needing freedom might be a little bit foreign for, to some of us. And the world would actually paint freedom as having the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, with no one to tell us different, life without limits. That's what the world would paint the picture of freedom as being. However, that's not actually the freedom that Jesus came to give us. It's not it. And in fact, that's not even what true freedom is. He, he unpacks why we need freedom and what that freedom is in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. We're going to read it together. It says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth... And the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Jesus here is showing you and I that though you and I are physically free, we still experience a moral and a spiritual bondage to sin. Even though we have the freedom to choose God's way and God's best and to reject God's way and God's best, despite having the freedom to choose, those, choose both of those things, we have a disposition towards rejecting it. We have a disposition towards rejecting it. And uh, whether it's in deed, whether it's in thought, whether it's in speech, even on our best days with our best intentions... We are subject to sin at work in us or around us. And the freedom that Jesus came to bring you and I is the freedom to choose God's way and His best always. 
despite having the options and the temptations not to. I remember for me, uh, though I got saved at the age of 12, 13, and began, began a relationship with God, I came into that relationship carrying uh, an addiction to pornography that because I was uh, exposed to it from a very young age. I came into that relationship with God carrying deep insecurity, deep bitterness, deep rejection, all of which held me captive in how I was living my life. It affected how I thought. It affected what I did. It affected what I said. And though in a moment in receiving Jesus, my past was swept away and my position in Christ was loved and nothing could separate me from Him, I had to go on a journey of being free of those things that had, had held me captive, that were ingrained in me. And if you are here tonight and you recognize that you yourself might relate to any one of those things or something similar, maybe few it's anger, maybe few it's anxiety, maybe few it's fear, I've got to tell you tonight that I believe that God is here to speak, and I believe that God wants to shift those things off us tonight. If you would engage your heart and lean in, we're going to create a space a little bit later on to invite God and His power to break those things that we, in our own ability, cannot break. But regardless of how long you are on your faith journey, we all have greater levels of freedom to attain. Even recently, okay, moment of vulnerability, people. Even recently-ish, I was at the Young Adults Christmas in July dinner that was hosted by the wonderful Crichtons, and this was a glorious, glorious Christmas in July dinner. It was roast everything, um, and uh, your boy likes meat and carbs and, and cooked to perfection, so I was having a really great time. So I came, piled up the paper plate with as much as I could, devoured it. It was glorious. It was sensational. Joel had some leftover potatoes and a little bit extra, devoured that. It was fantastic. And then we came to dessert, okay? Dessert, pavlova. You never, ever reject pavlova, ever. That's, that is illegal. And so I partook of a, of a bowl of pavlova and a second. And then I, was, I, was, I, could, I could see there was more there. I was starting to feel a little bit full. But you know what? The craving was too strong, so I partook of a third. So that's pretty well one and a half stacked bowls of roast and three servings of pavlova. And within 15 minutes, I recognized the depth of my mistake. <laughs> I, the pain, I've got to tell you, the actual pain and discomfort that I went through for the following three hours, <laughs> for the following three hours, uh, told me that I had made a mistake, that I had uh, not gone according to what was best for my body and probably not the best uh, that God had for me. And so even though I myself am a free man and I had the opportunity to cut it off after the, the first, even the second, I chose not to. I even feel like upon reflection that the Holy Spirit was probably telling me to stop at one point, but I straight up was just, it just tasted too good and my eyes were bigger than my stomach and I sensed it anyway. And I sense it anyway. But in reality, even in that moment, if we actually, if we dive deep into that, I fell into, I fell into fleshly cravings. I ignored what was wise. I ignored God's best. And so for me, that's actually a moment of repentance because I was overindulging. I was catering to my flesh. I was actually captive to my cravings, captives to my, captive to my cravings. And so I was ignorant at the time in that moment that I actually uh, possibly needed to start watching how much I indulge myself in, in food and things that ultimately probably aren't good for me. And maybe actually think about what the enemy wants to do in this realm of freedom. 
The enemy actually wants us to be ignorant, wants us to remain ignorant of our need for freedom. He wants to keep us bound. He either wants us to be ignorant of our bondage, or he wants us to believe that we can never get free of it. Or we can never get free of it. And he'll put every obstacle in our way, every temptation possible to keep us in a place of bondage and, and pro- prohibiting us from stepping into true and lasting freedom in Christ. And so in order for us to walk in true freedom, we must position ourselves to receive it and uh, to dive deep into what that looks like. And so we're going to do that tonight. So firstly, in order to position ourselves to get free, we've got to know the truth. That's what that passage of Scripture was saying. Jesus, I'll say it again, John chapter 8, verse 32, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We can't begin the journey of getting free if we don't know that we're bound in the first place. It's like we can't uh, fix something that's on our face. Uh, If you've got a bit of food in your beard, gentlemen who have got beards, you can't get that food out if no one tells you that you got it in there. Likewise, ladies, if you've got something in your teeth and your best friend doesn't tell you, you can't do nothing about it until someone gives you funny looks and then you go to your friend and you say, what the heck, why did you not tell me? In the same way, until we recognize the mess in our lives, the things that have got us captive, we can't begin the journey of getting free. And that was the issue in John chapter 8. Jesus was talking to Jews who didn't actually recognize that they were bound. They thought that because they were God's people through being descendants of Abraham, and because they had God's law that was meant to make them righteous, they thought that they, they weren't slaves. In fact, they had a history of it, being, uh, being captives in Egypt and coming out into freedom, so they thought that their days of slavery were behind them, but they didn't recognize that the, that the slavery that they were bound by was sin, it was internal, it was unseen. And so in order to get free, we have to have the humility to recognize that there are areas in our lives that we are slaves in or that we need freedom in to some degree, to some degree. It's a lifelong journey. We never truly attain it until we enter into glory. And so we begin to know the truth through holding to the teachings and the ways of Jesus found in His Word. What I love about the Word of God is because it's alive and active, which is what Hebrews tells us, is that when we pick up the Word, not just to fulfill a religious duty, but to actually connect and engage with God, He begins to speak. He Himself, by the Holy Spirit, illuminates things to us and speaks to us about the things in our lives that we can't actually see. He is the one who highlights the mess in our spiritual teeth, if you will. As we engage with the Word and as we allow our lives to be filtered through it, I can't tell you how many times I've, throughout my Christian journey, I've picked up the Word of God and God has lovingly, gently highlighted issues of pride, issues of self-righteousness, issues of integrity, issues of forgiveness and bitterness, all of which were holding me captive. But the moment that I read it, freedom began to unlock as I began to discover the truth about who I currently was in that moment. But before that, I, wasn't, I was unable to see it. So we need to pick up the Word. And what I recognize is the more that I discovered who God was and positioned myself to hear His voice and to experience His presence, He, sits me, he just began to set me free as I acknowledged my need for Him and His work in my life. And the other thing that I love about the Word of God is it's actually a weapon that we can use to combat the schemes of the enemy that would try to keep us bound. For me, whenever I was, when I found the enemy attempting to bring temptation uh, into past struggles or condemning thoughts, there were two 
fundamental scriptures that I came at him with. One was in Galatians 5 verse 1, and it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Therefore, I will stand firm and not be burdened again by a yoke of bondage. And the other one, Romans 8, 1, says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Actually, still to this day, I proactively come at the enemy with those scriptures because I know that day in, day out, he is relentlessly trying to keep me in bondage. That is, that is what he will try to do to you and I as followers of Jesus until kingdom come because he wants to try and rob, steal, kill us of our freedom. And so we have to preemptively beat off the chains and the shackles on our spirits with the weapon of the word of God with the weapon of the Word of God. And so for you, it might not necessarily be condemnation. It might not be guilt, but it might be anxiety. And as you read Philippians 4, 7, that talks about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that guards your heart and mind. Had he not previously read that, as you read it, it sets you free because you didn't realize that you could be set free of anxiety and encounter peace. Maybe it's fear. And you read in Timothy how we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, and that then becomes the weapon that secures your freedom. We need to know the truth in order to get free. We need to know the truth in order to get free. So let me encourage you, what area is it that you recognize you need to get freedom in or a greater sense of freedom? Can I encourage you, begin to pick up the Word of God and not just read a book, but come with a posture and a heart of God, I need you to speak. Highlight the things that I'm not seeing. I know, and, and knowing that as you read it, God begins to speak and begins to set you free and begins to mold you into the image of God and begins to show you how you are meant to live your life in a way that actually sets you free. We need to know the truth in order to get free, but it requires humility and it requires intentionality. It doesn't happen by accident. I don't wake up in the morning. My flesh does not want to pick up that Bible. I'm going to be straight up honest. It wants to lay in bed, wants to scroll on social media. But when we make a decision that, no, this, this word, this, this life that I need to partake in is going to set me free, we intentionally put those things to the side and prioritize the, the word of God. Is that cool? Love it. Love it. Secondly, we have to position ourselves in the presence of Jesus. I've been reading the Gospels as of recent, and one thing that I see as a common denominator uh, throughout the Gospels is people receiving supernatural breakthrough, healing, miracles, freedom in close proximity to Jesus. You read in Mark, you read about blind Bartimaeus, who's been blind for as long as he can remember, and Jesus is coming past with the crowd. And he doesn't know where he is, but he can hear these nearby, and he just begins to cry out and shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And even after the crowd was telling him to shut up, he cried out all the more, drew Jesus to himself, and received healing from blindness. I've been recalling about in Luke 8 where we see the woman with the issue of blood. Again, Jesus is walking to another destination with a crowd completely engulfing him, and this woman who's been dealing with this issue of blood for over a decade, recognizes that if she can just get close enough to touch the hem of his robe, she'll be healed. And she pushes through the crowd. That issue of blood would have actually made her very frail, but she didn't care. She recognized that she needed to position herself in the presence of Jesus to receive the breakthrough and to receive the healing. And so every miracle, every breakthrough, every moment of freedom we find in the Gospels and throughout Scripture come on the other side of someone getting close to Jesus, getting close to God. And although Jesus is not with us in person today, we can still come to him through the person of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit, who is here with us tonight, brings freedom. When we allow Him to be the Lord, that's, that's what that whole Scripture is saying. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, that means when the Spirit has free reign, when the Spirit calls the shots, not us. When we invite Him and say, do whatever you want to do, we get supernaturally free. That's why Jesus ascended to heaven, because he knew that he couldn't be uh, in more than one place at any one time. So every single one of us, regardless of where we are, can encounter that Holy Spirit, that presence of God that sets us free. But for me, I made a decision with all those things that I was wrestling with as a young teenager, even though I hadn't got it all figured out, I made it my goal and my mission and my priority to be in the house of God, because I knew that Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered, he's there in their midst. And so I was going to be there. I was going to be with other people who were gathering in faith, hungering after God, because I knew that's where I would encounter greater levels of freedom. I knew that's where His Spirit was. So I went, I would prioritize the house of God every Sunday. You would have found me at every encounter night. You would have found me at every conference. Posturing my heart to be free, because I recognized, particularly in those early days, I was just so broken, and I had no idea how to get free myself. But I knew that in the atmosphere where the power of God was was moving that even if I didn't get, get it all figured out, something would shift, and something did shift every time. And so can I encourage us, church, with Three Nights of Fire coming up next weekend, it's not just another church night, hey. It's not just another event that we put on to try and bring people along to. We fully and wholeheartedly believe that God is going to move in power. We fully and wholeheartedly believe that people are going to get healed, that people are going to get set free. The people are going to get restored and they are going to see breakthroughs in areas that they could not see in and of themselves. So whatever your weekend plans look like, regardless if you can make it to all of them or just one, make it a priority. Even if freedom's not your thing, even if you just see that you need breakthrough and you need to position yourself in breakthrough, get in the room. Because as the name of Jesus is lifted up, I even feel it now. I actually feel it now. I feel an excitement from the Holy Spirit as to what He wants to do over that weekend. Put yourself in the room, and I believe that even one greater level of freedom is available to you if you'd prioritize that space. He wants to set us free. The Spirit of the Lord sets us free. Come on. Coming to Jesus can be inconvenient to our schedule. Coming to Jesus may involve doing something radical, like the, the woman at the, uh, with the issue of blood pushing through the crowd who would have considered her unclean, who would have considered her worthless, who would have resisted against her. She pushed through regardless of her frailty. She pushed through something radical and it brought breakthrough on the other side of it. And so for you, it might be canceling a plan to be in the house of God. It might be putting something aside that you know is just ultimately putting you in bondage. And even though those around you are fine with it, you know for you it's not the same. So you need to put that thing aside, whatever it is, whether it's a, whether it's a substance, whether it's a friendship group, whatever it is, you recognize that it's keeping you in bondage. If you would just do something radical by faith, even if you don't necessarily intellectually get it, if you would just take that step of faith and go, I'm committed to pursuing freedom. I'm committed to positioning myself in the presence of God and removing every obstacle, God will honor it. God will honor it. God will meet you on the other side of that, but he does not force his way in. He doesn't force his way in. He waits and invites. He waits and invites. The Bible says he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. That's actually talking to the church. That's talking to you and I. He's standing at the door of our hearts and knocking to see if we will invite him in to our hearts 
to do the work that needs to be done. And if you keep that door closed, he's not barging in. He's not. And we can often find ourselves going, God, where are you? And his response is, you never let me in. You never let me in. And so can I encourage us, church, even here tonight, I'm actually just going to invite the band up. Here in this moment, we are going to create an opportunity to position ourselves in the presence of God, position ourselves in the presence of the only one who can set us free, the only one who can set us free from fear, the only one who can set us free from anxiety, the only one who can set us free from insecurity, the only one who can set us free from unforgiveness and bitterness. And I even believe now, you might not necessarily, it might not necessarily be something big, but I believe that even as I'm speaking, things are being highlighted to you. God's beginning to speak. He's beginning to show you things, whether it's a deeply rooted stronghold that needs to be broken over your life, or maybe it's just this predominant thought that you can never shake, and it filters how you think about yourself. It filters how you think about others. Maybe it's a habit that you just cannot find yourself being able to break. You've tried time and time again, and you just can't beat this thing. Position yourself in the presence of Jesus. Position yourself. Open your heart. I believe tonight. I believe tonight that things are going to shift. Things are going to shift. Can we stand to our feet, church?